Welcome to Super Garbage Day, a retro video game review show where an actual garbage man plays games 20 years or older that you, the listener, chooses. Every week, I randomly pick a game submitted by the community to play, dissect, then we discuss. But honestly, it's just an awesome excuse for me to play 20-year-old games in my spare time. I'm your host, the Nature Boy, Brian R. It's time to take you back to the past, where the knights of the kingdom get me evil on that ass. But before we grab our lance and stab a lot, here's what we be a doing here at Super Garbage Day Incorporated. As always, you can catch my first impression video of the game of the week in the show notes to put a face to the name. By that, I mean like the game I'm playing. Also, feel free to subscribe to the YouTube channel for future Super Garbage Day videos. Woo! Golden Axe Warrior has begun. And for the Patreon-only podcast, Backlog Eternal, I was very pleased to discover I actually kind of owned it since it's an unlockable game on my Genesis collection for the 360. So there's this game on the 360 called Sonic's Genesis, Ultimate Genesis Collection. And... If you play Golden Axe 3 on there, you have to uh, do 10 spells and then it will unlock the entire uh, Golden Axe Warrior for the Sega Master System game within it. So thank goodness, because it's like 200 bucks loose otherwise, and I prefer not to emulate if I don't have to. Okay, speaking of the Xbox 360, the latest episode of Retro Deep Cuts, yet another Patreon-only podcast, uh, is about some research I did, and I list off 20-ish Xbox 360 exclusive games that you can actually buy physical copies of that are, like, affordable right now before the Xbox Live store shuts down for good next summer. And... As usual, let's play a sample from that episode. Let's go, baby. Woo! <laughs> this, this game's title is so crazy. Infinite Undiscovery is an action role-playing game developed by Square Enix that was only released on the Xbox 360 and is not backwards compatible. This is $15 complete in box. Um, I was told this is a long game and it's Square Enix, so at least the bar is set in the middle. Like the ceiling is, or I'm sorry, the floor must be at least kind of high. But $15 for a Square Enix game that you won't be able to buy down the road tells me that at least this gets a rarity scale of 5. Possible, possible rarity scale of 5. All right. Now it is time for the retro questions of the week. Tim Saab asks, what was your favorite multiplayer arcade game? So I'm going to tell you right now, Killer Instinct had a huge, huge impact on my life. I was a Mortal Kombat kid, but when Killer Instinct came out, it kind of changed the whole landscape. It took what Mortal Kombat had already with having fatalities and, and I believe almost combos at that time, but not like real combos and added that whole multi-combo facet to it. It was an amazing game to play on the arcades. I recall going to arcades and seeing lines of people around it with quarters that were stacked up on, on the screen. And that's how we used to see who was going to play next. I'm not sure 
uh, how we kept track, but uh, I do remember being a dork and putting my quarter down and then somebody putting theirs in like in front of mine and me moving our quarters and realizing uh, it didn't really matter because they're all just quarters. So I still didn't lose my place, but oh man, I was so obsessed with that game. I remember when it came out on the Super Nintendo that me and my friends were so freaking obsessed with it that we called Blockbuster Video every hour in like we were waiting for a, a copy of it to come back they kept telling us hey it hasn't came back yet it's going to come back it's supposed to be due today the person has dropped it off i we probably bothered the living crap out of those employees but it finally did arrive and we flew there as quick as we could <laughs> we had our parents take us we rented that killer instinct cartridge and played it all night long man killer instinct definitely was one of the biggest arcade games of my life. Thank you, Tim Top, for that question. Another question comes from Fleetbay747, and they ask, what is the dorkiest video game-related memory from your past? Well, uh, unlike what I just explained, which was pretty dorky, uh, this has to do with Mortal Kombat 2. It's a very similar story in the sense of we were all big, like I stated before, huge Mortal Kombat fans. I had uh, three really best friends growing up. I had my friend Brian Burge, uh, Asias, and Jacob. And we obsessed over Mortal Kombat. So when Mortal Kombat 2 came out for the Super Nintendo and we found out there was going to be gore in it, we all like collectively put money together and we had, we couldn't buy it cause we weren't old enough. And this is that, this was right when they kind of rolled out the uh, ESRB. So we had our, uh, Sias's older brother, Moses, who um, thought he was too cool for school kind of guy, but old enough to buy the game. We gave him the money to go <laughs> to the mall. He didn't drive, so he took the bus. Uh, in Bakersfield, we had something called the Git Bus which is, you know, the bus system, also called the ghetto train. If you if you live there, you know what it means. And we waited out front for that bus to come back, knowing that he, that Moses was coming back with that Super Nintendo copy of Mortal Kombat 2. And I looked at my friends and I said, hey guys, how about this? What if when the bus goes by, we all do our favorite characters winning poses from Mortal Kombat 2? And we all thought, oh yeah, that'd be way cool. So here comes the bus coming by and it literally stops almost in front of us and i'm like at the time i loved raiden so i'm like throwing my hands up in the air my friends doing like the the sub-zero thing and then uh it, it, we looked like a bunch of dorks dude and i recall his brother getting off the bus and screaming what the fuck are you dorks doing oh my god he was like shaking his head in his hand he's like get inside everybody's laughing at you anyways uh, that's the dorkiest thing I could think of. I'm sure there's way more dorkier things because I've spent most of my life being a full-time professional dork. Uh, great questions. Thank you so much. So funny that both of them are fighting games and they kind of are related. So good question. Good question. So it's time to ask, what are you playing? Not much other than Knights of the Round and Golden Axe Warrior, but I have been scouting games for the October poll. Um, for the Backlog Eternal podcast, which is our Patreon exclusive show. So if you want to add to uh, that list, I'm going to pick four from there. Uh, it has to be a spooky game and it can be really any year. I just don't have like new systems. So no, don't be picking PS5 or whatever. Uh, and uh, you can vote for that when October rolls around. So check out the Discord for that. It's free to join there and vote on those things. All right. 
All that's done. All that said, what we're going to do, we're going to get to this week's game. This week's game is a Super Nintendo game picked from the Wheel of Retro, as every game is every week. And it is Knights of the Round on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Let's go. Knights of the Round is an arcade game released by Capcom in 1991, a side-scrolling up loosely on the legend of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. The game features an action role-playing video game-like level advancement system, with fighters automatically being upgraded to new weapons and armor as they advance through the game. In September 13th of 2018, Capcom announced Capcom's Beat-Em-Up Bundle, with the arcade edition of Knights of the Round being one of the seven titles and being released least digitally for the nintendo switch playstation 4 xbox one and windows so widely available if you don't want to pay uh however much it is for the cart which is not cheap all right everybody let's get to first impressions so my first impressions of this game were i thought like oh this is very capcom obviously it's made by capcom it's very final fight-esque they explain the story in like a long-winded text However, the title screen has what I believe to be just a single tone as its music. So, you know, when you go to a title screen, usually it plays like a song. Um, this game, I, I restarted it like four times when I first played it to be like, is that really the, is that really just the, that it? It just goes, Bing! which made me laugh uh, because later on you find out the music is, is actually really, really good. Uh, other than that, you get a selection to play one or two player and your standard options menu with a difficulty uh, selection, key bindings you can change, and like a sound test. Once you start the game, the music really stands out, like I said, and it's some of Capcom's best since Mega Man X. That's my first impression, but let's talk about that gameplay. You begin by selecting one of three soldiers from the round table. It is Lancelot, Arthur, and Percival. 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 There. Finally. I don't know why I can't. I just don't understand why I can't say Percival. In a very Final Fight looking character screen. So you remember when you first play Final Fight and it's got like the three long columns. This exactly emulates that, which makes sense because it's the same developer so each fighter has different stats that include power defense and speed lancelot seems to be the fastest but the weakest percival is like the slowest but strongest and arthur falls like right in the middle with those stats gameplay is that of your standard beat em up you traverse left to right defeating a variety of foes that range from grunts to magicians to horseback knights to even eagles with shanks that fly at you every character has slightly different attacks and different weapons all with one of those stupid use this special ability and you lose a chunk in your life. I, I never liked these types of games that do that. I never thought that was cool. They did that a lot in the turtles beat em up games. And I just think it's better to like have a power bar. You, you, which ends up happening later on in the development of beat em ups, but I always hate having a button because I keep, I always automatically hit it and then lose like a chunk of my life. And I end up like not hitting anybody and it pisses me off. The levels are fairly diverse in setting and, and with enemies, uh, with some levels having multiple sections that all end in a boss fight. And the bosses are really tough, to be honest. Along the way, you will collect treasures from enemies, 
or barrels. Well, the treasure is really important because I'm sorry, you get it from enemies or barrels or those stupid ass eagles that add points towards your character leveling up. And the more you level up, the cooler your character will look and their stats will improve. But honestly, you have no control on how they level up other than just collecting points in general. It's also important to know that your health bar will refill every time you level up while actively in a level. Some of the enemies are weak to, and easy to take out, and some actually have like blocks and attack patterns that you need to learn super quick because this game is not easy in my opinion. Almost everything, or I'm sorry, every hit that you take uh, will take a chunk of your life bar, like at least 25%. And you're given two lives per continue but they try to balance this out by giving you nine continues which honestly baffles me it's a weird ratio like two lives to nine continues weird translation from arcade to to console i guess also each time you continue you can swap out into another fighter but the leveling does not transfer so it's like it's probably your best practice to stick with one dude the whole way, unless you need, say, for instance, like Lancelot for his speed in a certain stage that requires you being really fast. Also, I found out that when you continue, even if you're in the middle of a boss fight, it starts you exactly where you left off. Like even where the damage on the boss is. Like if you've taken half of his life out and you lose all your lives and it goes to continue screen, you come back. The boss still has half of his life missing. It feels like a like a safe state almost. If you get low on health, you can find food throughout the stages and food like bread and salad and ham. Sometimes you get like a screen clearing potion that would just like destroys all the enemies that are on screen or at least hurts them. And sometimes you get like a level up orb. And that is about as far as the item diversity goes. The enemies on the other hand seem cool at first. But by level five, you are ready for a new set of them and or maybe just like upgraded versions. I can't tell you how many times I've had to just deal with Birdman or Buster S or just even the grunt soldiers. I was getting sick of seeing them. Then you kind of have these like semi mid bosses like tall man. I hate the tall man. That guy sucks. He always whipped my ass. Always cost me at least one or two continues by himself. And obviously the naming convention of these enemies is not the game's strong point. So uh, it's weird. Birdman, tall man, Buster S. Buster S seems like it's from Mega Man. I don't understand, but it I, who, who gives a crap? However, the bosses have cool names and are awesome and cool and big and wildly different and just enormous. And I think the, I think they put a lot of attention and love into the boss fights. It really, really shows it's a strong point of the game for sure. However, uh, even though the bosses are cool and wildly different, uh, you still have to slog through some of the more boring sections of the game to get to them, but at least it's kind of an incentive to get there. Um, the bosses are going to beat you to death. So be prepared. The, you got to gotta do a couple playthroughs of this game before you start getting those patterns down for the bosses, because some of them, especially in the later levels, there's only seven levels in the game, but you get past five level five. It starts getting like those bosses are, you, they take longer than you think. And their life bars get, um, extend with every level that goes up. This game for sure feels like an arcade game that is probably best played with a homie. So if you have that opportunity, I recommend you play this game co-op because I think it was made for that and it feels that way. It always feels weird playing a beat em up by yourself. So 
All right, that's everything about the gameplay. So let's talk about graphics and audio. So like I said before, uh, characters change in appearance when you level them up. Uh, also, their weapons change a little bit. Their appearance changes. Apparently, uh, Percival just like loses all his hair. <laughs> and then you never get that beard that Arthur has in the beginning. I picked him first when I did my first playthrough because I was like, yeah, I'll pick the beard guy. I'm a beard guy. Never see a beard. The sprites in this game are really huge. They're like really detailed. They're top notch. And like I said before, the bosses look incredible. They're amazing. So I, I definitely Capcom's a team was, was put on this game when it came, when it came to like creating the sprites and the graphics and even the backgrounds, the backgrounds look superb and really show off like impressive parallax scrolling in some areas the, um, you'll see the background ship. You sometimes you'll see like the sea in the background. You'll see fire happening. You might see a, like a combat taking place. It's really cool. They did a really good job. And I'm wondering if it's, if it's a port from the arcade to a system, they focused a lot on that and the backgrounds and the character sprites and the bosses are just fantastic. The music though, the music in this game is some of the best on the console. I know I say this all the gosh darn time, but I'm being honest. The music in this console is no joke. I love the victory uh, screen song. So whenever time you beat a level, you get this song that plays at the, at the, the victory screen. And um, I might use that in future episodes of things because I, I'm so in love with it. Watch that first impressions video. You'll see the first time I hear it. I'm like, this is dope. Like I was, I was vibing hard with this game. But on the other end, strangely enough, the sound effects and everything that isn't music is very muffled. It's very low. It's super weird that the, like that section so phoned in and cheap compared to the music production. I'm not sure if that was system issue, uh, the hardware issue, but you definitely see a like a, it's such a contrast between the, the attacking and the, the death sounds and the, all that compared to like the, the very epic music. It's weird. It's weird. But I got to say, man, graphics and audio, this game is just phenomenal with a little bit of that hiccup on, on the sound effects. So check it out. If you, you got to at least hear the weird sound effects. I mean, there's not much more to say. This is really a beat em up. So let's, it's not gonna be the world's longest episode. I'm sorry, but it's a short game too. It only takes about an hour to beat. So, um, I completed it twice. So let's get to the verdict. Knights of the Round has a weird false sense of RPG mechanics and a level up system, which I welcomed, but it's it's a really odd and unnecessary system. It doesn't seem like it's all quite there. This game is your typical Streets of Rage final fight genre game, which obviously is best suited for couch co-op or like if you see it at arcade, just like, you know, dump quarters into it. You probably have an awesome time. And the re or they re-released it, uh, the arcade version on uh, current consoles. So that's the way you're probably going to play it unless you want to emulate it on Super Nintendo or pay 60 to $200 that it cost on eBay. The graphics and the music are the standouts of this title. And it tries to open the beat em up world to some new ideas, but they just feel not well fleshed out. Uh, you can buy this game for the switch. Like I said, and play it online with friends right now, which is the absolute best way to play it. So you can actually still play this game couch co-op. You're just on different <laughs> couches. And I think that's awesome. 
It's an above average arcade port, side scrolling beat em up. And I'm going to give it a B minus because I think that it's got a lot of strong points. It's a fun game. Um, it gets a little repetitive, but what beat em ups don't get repetitive. I like this, uh, this take on, on it being medieval and, and having to do with King Arthur and all that. It's, it's very, you know, ham fisted and, but it's, it's fun and it's Capcom. Now they're, they're, floor for quality is high so but their ceiling is endless so i'm giving it a b minus it was almost a c plus but i think the fact that you can still play it these days is pretty inexpensive and you can play online with people boost it a little bit no no it probably shouldn't i don't know if i should add that to the review since we review you know old games but for me that's what it is so night to the round is being put aside putting it back on its shelf where it belongs Speaking around, it's time to spree on that wheel. Let's go, baby. Oh, ooh, this okay. This is weird. Um, <laughs> I don't see a. I'm not sure how popular this next episode is going to be. But uh, next week, we are playing a Sega Dreamcast game. Wait, one of my favorite consoles. This is a game I spoke about in the past on a Patreon episode. This is a game that kind of scared EA into signing a deal. And this game is one uh, considered one of the, f- the best football games of a newer generation, a 3D generation. And that game is NFL... <laughs> 2k on the sega Dreamcast. join me next week for nfl 2k oh boy i guess i'll play a season this week uh god i don't even remember that was so long ago hey i want to thank all the patrons for all the love you give and if you're new to the show or if you haven't become a patron i'm just let you know two dollars can get you access to over 25 episodes of exclusive content from two shows known as retro deep cuts and backlog eternal if you got this far into the episode and you're digging it and you haven't or you haven't done this yet please leave a good review for the show it really helps us land into the ears and the hands of retro loving weirdos that we is Join the Discord. It is free. It's a small community of like-minded people, and you can vote on certain topics, like the games picked for Backlog Eternal. Everything I just said is in the show notes. It's all in one link. It's a link tree. Click that. Go crazy. I will see you next week after I play a football game that is older than literally social media. All right. I love y'all. Let's cut to B. Thank you for watching with my dad. Uh... I just want to say everybody, guys, bye.